0: I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. On Wednesday morning, Berkeley residents woke up to a standoff between protesters and law enforcement at People's Park. Because
2: there ain't no power like crowd power of people. Because power
0: Police and construction crews arrived in the middle of the night to start work on something the university has wanted for years, a new housing development for students. Trees were cut down, fences were put up, and the last few tents were cleared out. As the day went on, more and more people showed up, and things between protesters and police started to
2: escalate. Wednesday afternoon, when a lot more people were awake, more activists were at the park as well, and way outnumbered by law enforcement. At that point, activists uh, started pushing into the fences that had gone up all around that night. And at that point, there were arrests made. Eventually, activists pushed down the fences, and the UC decided that they were pulling out law enforcement as well as construction crews. Things got so
0: tense that by the end of the day, UC Berkeley decided to pause construction. And so in terms of the timing of when we do things, in terms of how we do things, all of that's going to be designed to minimize the chance of confrontation or conflict and to maximize safety, safety for those who support the project as well as safety for those who don't. As of Thursday afternoon, seven people have been arrested and UCPD says two officers were injured. Folks in Berkeley have a lot of feelings about People's Park. It's a place where so many big issues in the Bay Area are coming to a head. Homelessness, policing, the pandemic, and how the places we live in are changing. Today, what the fight over People's Park is all about.
1: That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
0: So Supriya, I've heard of People's Park, but I didn't actually know very much about the history and its significance in the city of Berkeley. Has People's Park always been a contested space?
2: Definitely. And contested in, in different ways too. I mean, the whole history of the park is a place that wasn't supposed to be there.
0: Supriya Yalimeli is a
2: housing and homelessness reporter for Berkeleyside. Just for context, this is a park that's in really the center of the UC's entire environment. All around it is, is pretty much homes where students live, as well as residents who've been in the area. People took it over famously in 1969, at the time I think the university had plans to convert it into a parking lot. If we continue
1: to have everyone like they are right now on the sidewalks, can, would you withdraw your police and permit us to finish the rally peacefully? If you do not agree with this, we can only take it that you want a confrontation. <laughs>
2: Protesters took over the park and turned it into a green space, like they were out there actually digging and, you know, planting plants, and that's a big part of history too. And this kind of history of resistance has continued since then. The park has always been a place where people go to talk about controversial ideas, there's rallies, there's for everything. Um, And it is also a place of resistance in general. And, you know, people don't acknowledge police there. Abolition is very big and all those things.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's very symbolic, it sounds like. It's very Berkeley.
2: Very Berkeley, yeah. And, um, you know, one of the main events in 1969, it was called Bloody Thursday, which was when Alameda County Sheriff's deputies shot and killed uh, James Rector, who was there protesting for the park. So there is a history of, of of, real loss there as well. So this is, at least for the last
0: 53 years, been land owned by UC Berkeley that has been converted by residents of Berkeley into this park. But have there always been plans and and arguments about building student housing on this land? Yeah.
2: This fight um, really ramped up in the last few years because of studies that came out about UC and the lack of housing throughout the entire system statewide and also the fact that UC Berkeley provides the fewest student beds out of any campus. And so they've they've really been pushing for that. And I think a few intersections that happened during COVID was that people could see very viscerally um, the housing crisis in People's Park itself. The park really changed during the COVID pandemic. It was the first time in really its 60 year history that people slept in the park overnight. Uh, It grew to something like 50 tents there, which people had never seen before. It has always been a place where people who don't have housing congregate um, and come together, but using it as an encampment was different. Um, That created a lot of tensions in the neighborhood. As you can imagine, we see this where there's any encampment near uh, regular housing. And Because there is now this added layer of homelessness and advocacy for people who are homeless, in addition to what people wanna protect just with the the civil rights history of the park and a public gathering space, now the tension of um, police at the park and the UC taking it back is especially stoking the nerves basically. The UC, when it announced that it would be moving forward with the plans that were approved in 2021, it said, we're also going to accommodate folks who aren't able to afford housing in Berkeley into our plan. So now their plan is 1,100 beds for students, as well as around 100 affordable units. And that's mixed levels of affordability. It'll also include housing for formerly homeless people. but It isn't going to accommodate, you know, everyone who is homeless at the park, for example.
0: Why does UC Berkeley believe they should build student housing there? Like, why this spot over other plots of land in Berkeley?
2: In terms of where this land is, it's near the other dorms. It's right next to Telegraph Avenue, which is a huge hub for UC Berkeley students. It's minutes away from campus. So I think UC Berkeley does want to cultivate a community that's part of its existing student community and and this spot is right in the middle of it all.
0: The People's Park Student Housing Project is incredibly important to the university.
2: KQED spoke with the Dan Mogulof who is UC Berkeley's spokesperson.
0: The university has been given the green light by the Superior Court. Um, We have an urgent need for new student housing here. We have a tight timeline. We've got two years to get it built so students can move in in the fall of 2024. It's an important piece of how we plan to address what is an urgent student housing crisis.
2: I think the subtext of it, which advocates of the park would say, is that This is the university's way of clearing out an area that they don't see as valuable, as well as as building up what their core community is in this neighborhood.
0: I wanna move on to the protesters and the people who are
2: against this plan. Who are they and what do they want? So there's a few different, and I would say distinct groups who have desires for people's park. Uh, one of them is the group of people who have been fighting since the park's inception, 1969. Some of those folks uh, were at the yeah, protest yesterday.
0: Right, we're old yeah. timers here.
2: Yeah. That was Michael Delacour, who was, you know, one of the people who was actually out there digging to build the park 53 years ago. Well, it's part of the same thing in a way. We're just much, he has been involved in this for so darn long. Mm-hmm. These are folks who have been part of every iteration of the park. They see it as a historical resource, a place that people go to to express themselves, all of the, the Berkeley culture that people like to talk about. Uh, There's also a group of much younger advocates who are currently Cal students or they're graduate students, young people in the city, and some of them have organized in a group called Defend People's Park, and they want to return the land to indigenous stewardship. They also want any folks who have lived at the park to be set up with permanent housing, and that's not just temporary housing, like what's available at the roadway in. Defend People's Park also wants UC police to be defunded, and they want those funds to be redirected into social services for folks who use the park, as well as students and staff at the university. So on, yeah. It's
1: on brand for yeah. the UC. Mm-hmm. This is what they do, and this is what they've always done. Uh, so
2: one of the people I talked to at the park, this was... Very early Wednesday morning, around 4:30 a.m., was Brandon Mendoza. He is an activist with Defend People's Park, also a Cal student, who has organized with the People's Park Kitchen, um, as well as you know some of the events that they've had there. So
1: they're trying to do it as quick as soon
0: as possible before the students come in within like a, the next week and a half.
2: He was explaining that the way the UC decided to start construction kind of in the dead of the night was a strategic move um, that was designed to catch people off guard. But it's literally just tossing people
1: in the violent circle of poverty over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that's what they exactly tried to do with all the park residents, Mm
2: -hmm. right? Putting them literally in temporary housing.
0: What do we know about the houseless folks who were living at People's Park, what do they think about these plans?
2: The folks who lived there during the pandemic, many of them, uh, and there were about 50, were people who had frequented People's Park before. Others were people who were pushed out from encampments in West Berkeley after they were closed last summer as well. Those folks were moved into the Roadway Inn, which UC Berkeley purchased with the support of the city. And as far as how they feel about the park, there are people who think, you know, they should be allowed to stay there because it's a kind of refuge and it's open land. Some people just don't like being inside because of experiences with the prison system, for example. Other folks, they acknowledge that sleeping outside is not the life that they want. And those folks, many of them have been super grateful to the university for being able to get housing and roadway temporarily and eventually permanent housing, which is the UC's plan, and uh, which the city has been working really hard to do as well. To some extent, People's Park is a hub. You know, folks go there because they know there are resources. Um, food not bombs serves there, local city shelters will come there. Just yesterday, someone was saying, you know, I have friends who don't have phones. I have friends who are really difficult to reach. And I know that if I come here, even after 10, 15 years, I'll be able to find someone or find a friend who can tell me where they are. Mm. So it's a support structure that's been intentionally designed because folks can't find these resources anywhere else.
0: I'm curious what your sense is of what the public thinks in sort of the broader UC Berkeley community and in the city of Berkeley um, about what's happening to People's Park.
2: Public perception of People's Park definitely has changed with the pandemic because like I said, for a lot of folks who who have uh, permanent housing, it can be very visceral to see people sleeping outside in encampments folks started seeing it as a place with blight. UC police often sends out alerts about crimes that happen at the park, and some people say that they do that strategically. The current city council fully supports the plans to turn uh, People's Park into student housing, and that has to do a lot with their housing goals. The UC Berkeley chancellor, Carol Christ, has been very clear about housing being part of UC Berkeley's strategy. So they've put out multiple surveys asking their students how they feel about People's Park. And the first time they did that survey, 56% of students said that they were in favor of the project and that went up to 64%. There is a lot of support for this. And in some ways, People's Park has always been a fringe struggle. It's people who don't feel represented in other places in the city, and it still is that people are fighting for this space and they don't have institutional support, certainly, but they also don't have huge public buy-in.
0: summer is ending and students are going to be returning to campus at UC Berkeley pretty soon. I'm curious if you have a sense of whether the fact that students are coming back could possibly throw a wrench in this in any sort of way, especially students who are supportive of keeping people's park around.
2: Yeah, it has been really interesting to watch how this has developed because we were there at midnight on Wednesday. It didn't feel like enough people could mobilize immediately. But by the time it was Wednesday afternoon, there were, you know, something like 50 to 60 activists and that grew to hundreds later in the day. So if that's what it looks like when Cal is not in session, I think there's a very real possibility that this fight could grow much more. We've seen with People's Park since nineteen sixty nine that people can't come together and mobilize. Michael Delacour, who is one of the original founders of the park, he was sitting there on the Sproul Plaza steps and he's in his late eighties. He's been coming there this whole time and he said, I keep thinking that people aren't gonna show up, and they do. And he's been around this for nearly sixty years at this point.
1: Well I'm impressed with the
2: amount of numbers that are behind it. If it continues on the next few days, they might have a problem. We'll see, we'll see. I mean, no matter what kind of prediction people make about which way this is gonna go, I think most people don't really know. Wednesday was unexpected, and I think it's gonna be unexpected moving forward. Supriya, thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Late on Thursday night, advocates for People's Park announced that a judge with the California Court of Appeal issued a temporary stay on construction. The university is still allowed to put up a security fence, but for now, it cannot continue construction, demolition, or tree cutting. That was Supriya Yelimeli, a housing and homelessness reporter for Berkeley Side. Thanks as well to KQD's Tara Siler for that interview you heard in this episode with Dan Mogoloff, spokesperson for UC Berkeley. This 40-minute conversation with Supriya was cut down and edited by Alan Montecilio. I produced this one, I scored it, and added all the tape. We got something special, something different for you on Monday. So be sure to tune in to that. Till then, I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Have a good weekend. Peace.